Hi there, everybody. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the figure forecast. Oh, cool. you can't do the intro like that. We're doing it, man. I'm committing. I'm committing. My name is Sam Gardner, and as ever, I'm joined by my friendly neighbourhood, Damien. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, it's been a good week, obviously, here in the UK. A lot of people have been following the football this week, and it's been good for us. It's yeah, coming England, home. So it's coming home. It's coming. That's been a positive. I'm sure a lot of uh, the wrestlers have enjoyed it as well. A lot of the European wrestlers follow the football, so uh, Cesaro is probably pretty happy this week as well. They had a great uh, time with the Swiss. Yeah. R- um, Rumor has it and... he's got a granite jacket tattoo already. <laughs> and uh, as Sam has already alluded to. The Spider-Man costume I purchased has arrived, and we did actually have a little, little bit of fun with the recording before that. Um, unfortunately, we don't upload the recording, so probably no one's gonna see it. Maybe I'll upload a clip to our Twitter or something. But yeah, it's been a fun week. Yeah, busy week, but a fun week, and um, plenty of wrestling to talk about. So if you want to jump in, Damien, you go ahead. Yeah, I thought we'd do something a little bit different this week. Um, and that's to look back on wrestling history because there is two key moments in wrestling history that occurred this week many years ago and um, I thought they were worth some talking points so I thought we'd start there and then we can go on and discuss some of the current wrestling but we'll jump back to the oldest one first quite fitting given the pay-per-view we just had but Undertaker versus Mankind, that Hell in a Cell moment took place, I don't want to get the year right, in 1998, 27th of June 1998, which is within the last few days for us here when we're recording. We're recording in the past. <laughs> Have we time travelled? Has something really weird happened? It, it happened a few. The the event didn't happen a few years ago. The twenty seventh of June was a, was a few days ago. Okay, fine. Just had to clarify. Uh, it's probably one of the most iconic moments in wrestling. Um, even non wrestlers know about this moment. It's become a meme. It's 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 done everything. And I thought it'd be something to talk about, especially as we've just had Hell in a Cell as well. Um, kind of kind of compare, but. What what do you think of when uh, you think of this Hell in a Cell match? I I think of what I think everyone thinks of uh, Mick Foley getting thrown off of the top of the Hell in a Cell through the announce table by the Undertaker. It's it's iconic, isn't it? Now, like you say, it's like it's one of the defining moments of that era and any era really. It's lived on, and I don't think that any Hell in a Cell has sort of lived up to that since. In my opinion, anyway. No, there's been some great Hell in a Cell matches over the years, but that moment, although it's been replicated, there's been moments such as um, Shane McMahon jumping off Hell in a Cell, for example, and things like that. They've tried to replicate that moment, but I don't feel like you can ever quite capture the moment of the first, because it, at that point it's unique. Yeah. And that is such a shocking moment to watch, especially for wrestling back then and it's not even the only big spot in the match that's not the end no. that's what's most ridiculous about it it carries on that's crazy isn't it to think Mick Foley is one tough SOB yeah he's put his 
lit is life literally on the line for en- our entertainment there. Um, what do you think goes through see, um, not McFoley's head, but the Undertaker's head when he's uh, throwing McFoley off of the top of that cage? I'm not so sure about that at uh, that point because that one was planned. Yeah. The one where he goes through the cell door. Yeah. Um, the top of it. Where it such an iconic moment. Down. It was included in every single WWE game that featured the Hell in a Cell since. Yeah. Um, but that one. What were those was, like trapdoors for? Why were they there? Why were they there in the first place? What, what purpose? No idea. <laughs> what purpose do they hold? But I feel I think at that point when you put him through that and he's fallen and it isn't planned to go like that, you've got to think you killed him. Yeah. Yeah. You, like he lands in a heap in the ring. He's like, shit. This is this is live. I'm, yeah. Thousands. I don't know how many people That's are watching it. But. Hundreds of thousands of people are watching this live. Right, you're gonna you're gonna be panicking. You're gonna, be, but yeah, hundred percent. Thankfully, that didn't happen. There were some fairly serious injuries that occurred, but twenty-three years later, mankind, Mick Foley, is still with us and he's still talking about yeah wrestling and these events. So I do wonder what goes went through the Undertaker's head when he was throwing Mick Foley off the top there, because you know, like. You've just got to put the right amount of force into it. If you overcook that, he's missing the announce table and going sort of into the crowd or onto the barricade or something. There's a lot of variables yeah. there that could go wrong and could like sort of really hurt him. It, it there's no way I could do that bump. Even though, even if there's pads and like you you you've seen it set up and you're assured it's safe, I would be shitting myself yeah. before yeah. getting thrown off. I've jumped off a cliff into the sea and the the worry before that jump because the instructor said that if you don't if you jump too far that way you'll hit rocks and die so you jump that way but that was worrying enough yeah. let alone are oh, you going to jump onto a crash pad you should be alright yeah, well, like, imagine doing that in front of thousands of people in attendance and the millions and millions, you're meant to say, of people watching at home. There you go, little I'll, rock I'll cut in me going, millions! Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. 23 years ago, man, we were like four back then, so we obviously didn't watch it live. I think I may have watched the entire match once, possibly. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's just that, that moment, isn't it? It's just iconic. It's all you need to see, yeah, really. It's been sh- it's been shown and discussed so much. Uh, I don't think there's a wrestling fan alive who'd probably not seen it. Unless, of course, you literally started watching wrestling a week ago. But then it's been all in the news, so you probably did see it. So I don't know. Some of these people on social media that you see, that, um, uh, those sort of people, shall we say. I'm not even going to describe them. I don't think they've probably seen them. <sighs> the ones with uh, Roman Reigns as their Twitter handle, their little picture. Stuff like that, yeah. In the Alexa Bliss well, fan club, <laughs> there was another iconic moment that happened on the twenty seventh. Can you? Um, can you? Wait, we just need to put something right. Whenever you say iconic, you need to say it in uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay style. Otherwise, <laughs> um, you're not doing it justice. And you've got to commit. No. You've got to commit. I. I, I... 
don't think I can. I would cringe too hard at myself. So, alright, fair, fair enough. So the the second the second moment, which I can't remember if I did watch this live or if I or not. Um, it's it's ten years ago. I was watching wrestling at the time. I probably watched it the next day because it is from an episode of Monday Night Raw. So good chance I didn't stay up for it. But I do remember watching this and discussing it at the time. It is of course the CM Punk pipe bomb promo took place on June 27th, 2011, ahead of one of the best story matches I think I've watched. It's going to be, it's got to be top five somewhere in there. Like there's, so, there's been so many good, but that John Cena, CM Punk title match at Money in the Bank when CM Punk left that is such a big match and this is obviously the the fuse that lit that the fire under that story this promo um, it's quite a long promo and it's it's called a pipe it's called the pipe bomb for a reason it's it's explosive in what what he says um, I'm not gonna read through the the transcripts of it but equally as uh, relevant today I think yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. Yeah, it is very iconic. Um, and I, re I do remember watching it. I definitely didn't watch it live. I, I watched it recorded. But I just remember sitting there, sort of mouth ajar, and being like, wow, he's he's dropping truths here. And then, you know the bit at the end where they cut his mic? I remember being yeah. angry with that. Like, what? what the hell's going on? Why'd you cut his mic? And sort of later down the line you, you find out that uh, Punk was sort of a bit disgruntled backstage and they told him fine just go out there with a microphone and uh, vent your frustrations. I don't think they sort of anticipated him saying exactly what he said and then uh, they, they soon kind of realised that they, they had to cut their, his mic when he started going in on uh, Vince McMahon but it is just one of those moments that stands up in time. Yeah, it is, it is completely yeah. relevant. Maybe even more relevant now than it was back there with all of the releases that we're seeing now. Yeah, the, the it very much blurred the lines between real and fake in WWE. Um, and there, there was obviously some plan because the entire time John Cena was just laying in the ring and... He, he's got a live microphone. They show they have the ability to cuss it, so they're okay with everything he's saying. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we've, if it's been discussed, uh, it's something we may have missed about whether he was meant to keep going or whether they just like, right, just gonna talk and then we're gonna cut you when like we need to because there's only other gonna have a lot of time. But the the ending when he goes in on Vince uh, is probably one of the best moments of it um, some of the lines is Vince McMahon is going to make money despite himself he's a millionaire who should be a billionaire <laughs> um, he surrounds himself with glad-handed nonsensical douchebag yes men like John Laronitis who's obviously in charge of talent relations I think that's his job title yeah. um, 
And then he talks about that maybe the company will be better after Vince McMahon is dead, but the fact is it's going to be taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law. <laughs> Which is so true. Is still is still a conversation that is had today of what will WWE be like when it's no longer controlled by Vince McMahon. Mm. Um, since then. Triple H obviously has shown his skills with NXT and I feel a lot of the WWE fans feel that it will be in safe hands assuming it is Triple H that takes over when the inevitable happens but uh, do you know, I wouldn't be so sure big... about that because like, in the early days of NXT and the, the golden days through 2015, 16, 17 even yeah I would have completely agreed with that but as soon as AEW came on the scene and they panicked and put NXT on Wednesday nights to counter-program AEW. The wheels fell off big time, and they were just yeah. NXT during the whole sort of 2019, late 2019, 2020. Um, whilst it was counter-programming AEW, was awful. It was really a bad show. Like, there's a few nuggets in there that were good, but it 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 sort. I think it's tarnished a lot of um, people that watched NXT. Back in the day, I think such myself. I think any wrestling company, I think any wrestling company is going to have ups and downs in how good their programming is. I mean, even WWE, it's had highs and lows. We're in a bit of a low at the minute, but um, and inevitably AEW will have them as well. They will have yeah. times when you can't consistently put out the same quality of stories because. I don't think there's a single television program that has consistently been good. Eventually, something slips. So, Friends. Uh, I'm a big fan of Friends, but there's a couple of seasons when it's like, really, what are you doing? Like, Scrubs. It struggles at Actually, times. Actually, no. The last series of Scrubs. Oh my. That's <laughs> not even Scrubs. It's not even Scrubs. That's what I mean. Like, Every TV show is going to struggle at some point. In between us. So, I mean, that's that third. Is it the third season that's not quite as strong as the other ones? It's, and it's the second great, movie, though. like. Yeah, the movies don't count. The movies don't count. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that if when you're putting stuff out as, as consistent as WWE and AEW, any wrestling promotion, is eventually something. <laughs> don't don't even. Love start. Island's never been bad. <laughs> The violence, great. And can I just... Oh. I need to state that what the hell... How did Shannon go out on the second day? What the fuck? She was the only one in there that had half a brain. And the other ones in there are morons. If you... I have no idea what you're talking about. If you about, agree with that... I'm guessing neither do any of our audience because they watch wrestling, not, not Love Island. I watch wrestling and Love Island, man. I'm a hybrid. And I, all those hybrids out there that are hiding, come out, join me. Join the movement. Are you done? <laughs> yeah. Some people might call me almost a superhero for, for joining that that movement, for creating that movement, just like Nikki Cross. And whilst it's in my head, as Simon Miller pointed out, I, I take it you saw that on Raw this week. Uh, she's now Nikki Ash, uh, Nikki almost yeah. a superhero. Um, and superhero is one word, I believe. 
I'm pretty sure it is one word, and almost A is double A. So the it won't be, it wouldn't be Ash. It would be A A S, which is ass. So should be she should be Nikki Ass and not Nikki Ash. Ass is spelled with two S. I know I know it is, but if how do you say pronounce double A S ass? I guess you would it's, like Charlie Hass. Yeah, he was a Nikki Ass. So she's now Nikki Ass. I'm sure superhero is hyphenated. I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't be so certain about that. But either way, that is absolutely awful. Oh yeah, do you get it, Nikki Ash? Yeah, almost a superhero. Ash, A S H. Yeah. Shut up, you stupid person. Stupid writing. It, it seems to be pretty. Pretty split on on uh, Google. Yeah, it's not. It's a weird choice. I, I, why not just go with Super Nicky? Uh, like that would have been fine. I don't know. As Chris Jericho would say, it's a stupid idea from a bad creative. I hate that. I hate that. Why? Line. Why do you hate that line? It's true. It's so true. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate it because it isn't true. I hate it for the amount it gets spammed on Twitter. It's like the uh, Cody Rhodes ear. Listening GIF. That is quite funny, that GIF. Oh, I just, it always does make me laugh when someone's released and that GIF pops up. So I like AEW. I'm very entertained by Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes is great in the ring and on the mic, but oh, I just hate those GIFs so much. You, you just hate, like the, you hate the bad people I- that do it. Was it the bad, was it bad idea, by, rubbish idea, by bad creative, or whatever it is yeah. he says. It was a great line for the situation because he's they're uh, chanting for Jake Hager, Jack, Jack Swagger. Yeah, they're, they're doing Jake Hager, people. The, and he, he's calling him out on it, which it, it was a great shutdown. It was. It really it was. was. Um, I quite liked the We the People Jack Swagger era. Like it was probably his best WWE. Oh yeah, but stuff. you want to move away from it. So he's a different character now. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was inspired that move by Chris Jericho. He was an inspired line. Chris Jericho is amazing at things like that. He is a catchphrase king. He is. So. He is. He's, he's, he's brilliant. But, yeah. Well, we've, we've gone off on a bit of a jumble there of history and TV and everything for a good few minutes there, but let's, let's circle back to some of our normal topics of discussion, um, which is weekly WWE TV. I've actually got in uh, my plans to watch AEW this week. I've actually now got a free, bit of free time. It's on here so, on ITV2 uh, on a Friday night and we're recording on Thursday so you can watch it tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll be uh, from next week's episode hopefully be able to discuss AEW and depending on uh, schedule, I'm going to try and throw some NXT in there. But I do want to just mention the football something on the quickly. From, uh, you wouldn't have seen it, but it was AEW last week. It was uh, finally, after getting his um, number one contendership match by winning uh, the Casino Battle Royal, Jungle Boy got his shot at Kenny Omega. And it was a great match. It really was. If you have time to watch it, I'd uh, definitely suggest you to do it. Damien and everyone listening, if you haven't uh, watched it, um, but Jungle Boy is going to be a star in the uh, in the future. I don't know how familiar you are with him, um, but he is Luke Perry's I've son. I've seen, seen a little bit. You know who Luke Perry is? He was um, he's an actor. I think he was in Hawaii Five-0 back in the day, and he was in uh, Riverdale as well. He played Archie's dad in Riverdale. 
a lot of people know. Uh, he passed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He died. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, I think he's like 21, 22. He's super young, but he is going to be big in a few years. 100. He's so good already. The match was good, and uh, can he make a retain? So I just wanted to briefly mention it. But yeah, go go into this one. Yeah, I saw some. I saw some little stuff about it on uh, on, on Twitter. I, I I'm familiar, a little bit familiar. Him. Test my AW knowledge here. Is he uh, who was in a tag team with Luchasaurus? Yeah, they're in a, a trio with him, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. They're in uh, the. Why can't I think what they're called? Jungle Express, I think they're called. I, I don't know why I can't think what they're called. I was literally going to buy a shirt for them the other month. Because I love Jungle Boy, it's my yeah, favourite. I've, yeah, I've seen some of their, their stuff. Um, so they are some. Uh, some wrestlers I'm excited to see when I'm watching weekly AEW. Yeah. So, and they've um, got fans back at the minute. Really like the, really like the gimmick for Luchasaurus since I saw him on a Slow Mo Guys video yeah. a number of years ago um, with uh, John Morrison. Yeah, he's cool, man. So, obviously, he used to be in NXT. They were both. N- not yeah, as I think at the time they were both in. Uh, I think it was a Mexican promotion. Lucha Underground, Triple A. I think it's Lucha Underground, which is the one that was a bit more story driven. Yeah, that's, that's Lucha Underground. It's like a, almost like a soap opera every week. It's got a bunch of stories mm. in it. And they've got weird character names. Johnny, I yeah. think it's called Johnny Mundo in it. John Morrison? I don't know. John Morrison has had so many Johnny Impact. word names that it's hard to follow them all. Drip Drip. <laughs> My brother. Well, he's one of. One of the wrestlers that I want to uh, talk about for this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. So a nice little segue, join it all back together. Very, very smooth. Um, obviously had uh, quite a big segment on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. It feels like WWE are trying to use up a lot of their ideas that they can only do during the uh, crowdless era, and this this was yes. one of them. But this was this was quite a dramatic way to to end a match. It's a little bit of a shame that it was like the count out from this. But when it's something that happens this big, you kind of you kind of accept that that's the reasonable way to end it. Um, if anyone hasn't watched Monday Night Raw, Ricochet hits a is it a, is it a springboard dive? Yeah, like a springboard crossbody type thing, isn't it? Springboard crossbody from the ring to John Morrison, who is balanced kind of on the barricade, crashing uh, supposedly to the floor. There, there is a, a crash mat there. You kind of get a bit of a shot of it, but still a a shot that's. Quite an impressive uh, looking looking gif. Yeah. And from an episode of Monday Night Raw, you never really see stuff like that on uh, weekly TV. No, it's so, funny, isn't it? It's, it's been what a year and a half, two years since Ricochet's uh, been called up, and they finally realise that he can do some crazy shit. Like he jumps around like uh, not a human can jump around. But just picking up on you said, it, my only disappointment with this was that it was the finish. I feel like they could have. Like just cut away to an ad break or something, and then like come back and they were they were in the ring and a bit groggy and they could carry on the match. But 
I'm not going to grumble too much because it was a great spot and it's good to see that Ricochet and John Morrison to an extent is finally sort of getting a bit of spotlight that they deserve on, uh, on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, definitely like, perks your attention up. Like, it, was good, it was a good match up until that point anyway, yeah. but you're kind of not really expecting anything from a, a John Morrison Ricochet match on Monday Night Raw because it's Monday Night Raw. Yeah, exactly. And then they, they hit that and I was just kind of like shocked like i think the, the miz's expression was pretty on point from for kind of a lot of people watching i think yeah. just disbelief of what you've just seen like did someone do moments like that, i don't I know if it, i dreamt this or not because i'm still questioning myself did someone do like a moonsault off miz's um wheelchair as well or some jump off of miz's wheelchair i think there was i think there was yeah yeah i can't remember who was ricochet or john morrison but they did kind of like i think it was ricochet yeah stepped on and like flipped off yeah I've it, not seen um, that before yeah. that was pretty cool um, I'm hoping going forward we can see a little bit more of Ricochet I really wanted him to win the US title in his feud with Sheamus but obviously Sheamus did suffer a legitimate injury and is a little uh, away from action at the moment but I think a good run with like a US title would be good for Ricochet I don't think his booking has necessarily put him in a good spot for a main event run, yeah. but he's definitely capable. Of I'd it. just like to see him go and over to SmackDown, moments like this. If, I, if I'm honest, like I think mid card scene for him over there would be great. Imagine him in a match against Apollo Crews, things they could do, and they'll actually get given the time on SmackDown. Yeah, even though there's less time on the show. Yeah, apparently. bizarre, isn't it? It's so bizarre to think of that. Uh, another big moment that I would want to talk about will be the riddle riddleness of Monday Night Raw. He, him and Randy Orton have been entertaining pretty much since the beginning of this little partnership, and this week was quite funny for me. I, I think I enjoyed everything they they showed us. Um, the the handwritten note <laughs> fr- from Randy Orton to say that Riddle was, was his best friend or whatever, and he needed to take his place. Yeah, um, was was brilliant, and I love. I can't remember if it was in the show or if it was on Twitter, but um, Adam Pearce talking about he drew a snake on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Randy Orton. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Like. I loved Matt Riddle in NXT, and as it's as I've well documented on here, I'm, I wasn't too much of a fan on him when he first came up. But I've gone completely 360, and I'm, I'm starting to love him again. It's brilliant this stuff that he's yeah. doing with Randy Orton, and I can't think of a better wrestler in WWE at least uh, on the form that Matt Riddle's on in the ring, on the mic. He's no. just entertaining, and he's great in the ring. He's awesome at the minute, and I can see him getting a big babyface push. And if uh, if Brock yeah. Lesnar's not coming back at SummerSlam, potentially a Matt Riddle uh, Bobby Lashley match at SummerSlam if yeah. uh, if this Orton thing gets blown off a little bit earlier. He he hits a really nice RKO as well. Yeah, like nothing like Randy Orton's is on, is like near perfection just because he's done it so many times. But there's just something about the way that Riddle hits it that it's just because it's a bit different. It kind of yeah. Put something back into that move. 
so um, that's that's quite nice to to see. So we like Matt Riddle. Very much enjoyed it. Doing Matt Riddle things. So keep doing it, Matt Riddle. Thank you. Apparently, he might be getting his first name back as well. That's a rumor I've seen. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, calling him Riddle doesn't really work. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've kind of it's got not... used to it in a way because it's almost like calling a footballer um, their surname, isn't it? It's almost like going, oh. Uh, why can't I think of any footballer now? Off the top of my head, I was literally about to say footballer name. Kane. He's a wrestler as well. You can use it for both. Oh my god! Um, I saw a fantastic meme oh, the other day, and it was. Um, Is it Kane? Kane and Vader. Paul Bearer. No, 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 no. They've put Kane in an England shirt and Gal Southgate on Paul. No. Bearer. So there was this. Um, there was this shot from Tuesday night's game just behind Harry Kane's shoulder so it's got his name on the back of his head and it's facing the crowd and there's this huge big fat bold England fan just staring down at him and then that was on the top half of this meme and then on the bottom half there's a picture of Kane and then across the ring from him was Vader and I absolutely pissed my pants it was brilliant loved it so much uh, but your point was, yeah, you call it, you call footballers by their surname, yeah. and you just kind of you, you can almost forget their first names in a lot yeah. of a lot of cases. But yeah, it's, certain names sound weird without the first name. Though, like, imagine just calling John Cena just Cena all the time. Yeah, like, I know he went by Cena a lot. Well, that's it. But, but you still have their first name there. It's, it's just yeah, it's kind of bizarre that they took away his first name because like you're probably not going to say his first name all the time. You probably refer to him as Riddle, but everyone knows that his name's Matt Riddle, so why take away from that? Yeah. It's kind of like Cesaro, but Cesaro, you've just got used to calling him Cesaro now. Because he was Antonio, wasn't he? I think it's because Cesaro isn't a common word in the English language. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, if I, Even if I was a footballer, I couldn't just go by cross, because it's such a common word. Yeah. It wouldn't. I, su- it wouldn't I suppose work. if you're a non-wrestling fan, you go to a show and you look at the program. This is really old-fashioned. Here. You look at the program and see the match on there, and it says Randy Orton versus Riddle. You think, oh, is this like a, a Riddler character coming down, like in Batman or something? And then you get Matt Riddle coming down. It's uh, it's Matt Riddle, and uh, it's, it's probably not going to be what you expect. Well, let's talk about the main event. Oh, uh, a really good match. Riddle versus Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles, yeah. the last chance triple threat for Money in the Bank. Winner gets added. Uh, if Riddle wins, Randy Orton gets added because Riddle is already part of that yeah. match. Um, <clears throat> this was a great match for me. Um, they they had the injury angle with with Riddle, which is a classic babyface. Uh, it's taken to the back because he's hurt but he's going to power through and come back classic uh, babyface booking and it works really well here um, and unfortunately he comes up short which kind of will tie in I think to the whole story with Randy Orton and probably best for that but I'm not so sure how I feel about Drew sorry <laughs> I'm not so sure how I feel about Drew McIntyre in the Money in the Bank match. No, I, I can see where you're going. Firstly, this was a great match, and I really like that it 
it's put Drew McIntyre into the into the main event picture, into the Money in the Bank match, and it's carried on this story between uh, RK Bro and AJ Styles and Omas. So it's, it's sort of benefited two stories. Good stuff. Well done, Raw. Little pat on the back for you there because you don't often do it. But I'm not against Drew McIntyre being in the match. Um, I feel like over the past few years, the Money in the Bank. Uh, contract has kind of lost its prestige in a way. It's not really been treated yeah. with how it should have been treated. Um, and people would argue that last year was a great yeah, example. Yeah, exactly. That. People might argue that oh, it's it's main, meant for the whole purpose of Money in the Bank was that it's meant for elevating a mid carder up to sort of title level, which I completely get. But you need to get that prestige back on on that Money in the Bank's name. And having Drew McIntyre has been in the um, main event title picture for, well, coming up to two years now, pretty much, year and a half, two years, it is definitely going to do that. I don't actually think that Drew McIntyre is going to win, but if someone beats Drew McIntyre to get that briefcase, it's only going to look good on that. So I, I think it is a good yeah. thing, and I definitely don't think Drew McIntyre is winning. That is my only concern with it, is if Drew McIntyre wins. Well, it, Look, if he does win, I think. Well, can... if he doesn't, yeah. If he doesn't, it will be fine. But if he wins, I'm a little concerned that WWE are not learning from their past mistakes, which they do. They do this all the time. They'll be like, like they'll over push someone, and it's like, okay, you have other wrestlers. We wouldn't mind seeing a couple of other feuds, and then you can come back to yeah. this one because he. He's really good. We we like him, but yeah, like, absence makes the heart grow. You fun. don't want another Roman Reigns situation, He's... do you? Like from a few years ago. I was just gonna say though, I I'm not against Drew McIntyre winning it. Actually, I think you can have a pretty compelling story there. If he wins, and he stays on Raw. You've got Bobby Lashley. He can't cash that in. So the. Just I mean, just imagine. The only problem the is the first person. His character. I would say his character doesn't really fit the Money in the Bank. It order. doesn't. No, it doesn't. But just imagine the first person that catches it. Say he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. To get more annoyed, more sort of uh, turning his head. First person that cashes in. Say it's say it is a Kofi Kingston, like an ultimate babyface that cashes in, um, wins the title off of um, Bobby Lashley, and then. Just as the bell goes, Kofi Kingston's lifting up the title, McIntyre cashes in straight away, and he's heel straight away. And uh, I think that could work. say, if Drew wins it, there's a good chance that it turns him heel. He either goes to SmackDown and feuds with Roman Reigns, which I don't really think helps either of them at the moment. That story has got its own path, and I don't think it's ready to quite end which it would if Drew McIntyre won um, a big story against Roman Reigns that would kind of derail this whole story at the moment um, and if he cashes in he can't cash presumably can't cash in on Bobby Lashley if he cashes in on a face that beats Bobby Lashley that's that's going to turn him there, there is nothing that would be a bigger heel turn than him cashing in immediately after Kofi Kingston wins. it'd be great though that would be amazing, and I'd, I'd in front of a live crowd as exactly. well. Exactly, I'm down for that. I'm down for uh, the McIntyre heel turn because his face character is going. Eh, it's a bit stale for me. 
if that's the case, who do you re replace him as the top babyface? Um, on Raw. Uh, for me, I know it never ever happened. I'd go Xavier Woods. Like I said the other week, he's got everything. He's good in the ring. He's likable. And he's great on the mic. He's got everything you need to be the top babyface. Mm. But I don't think it would happen. Uh, if I've got my WWE head on, um, I think you could quite easily turn AJ Styles um, babyface and have him as the top uh, top good guy on there. Can't think who else is on Raw. Who would you have? Well, potentially, depending on how long you've got got to build him up. Um, you've got Riddle. We talked yeah. about him earlier, but if he eventually splits with all but they're not even together yet so do a split so it depends when you have have it happen but if him uh riddle and orton have split they they feud real comes out of it as the baby face orton the heel you then have a baby face that you can get the crowd behind obviously riddle's a bit of a divisive figure because of outside of WWE instances. So whether they'll do that, I don't know. Don't really want to get into it, but there is that kind of, that cloud in the sky that you kind of, you need to keep yeah, an eye on. I think you've picked the winner there, to, to be know what's happening. I think he would 100% be the top baby face. It's, it's definitely, he's on that traje trajectory at the minute, I'd say. Well, I am hoping for when once the crowds are back, which is in two more episodes. I think we've got two more crowdless yeah, episodes. Yeah, mid July. Isn't either it? the one before or the one after Money in the Bank has crowds on. I think it's probably the one after. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that once that starts, we can start getting some some good WWE, uh, especially on Raw. SmackDown's been pretty good. It's been enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that just continues and improves, but I'm really hoping Raw gets better because, touch wood, if nothing goes wrong, I will be going to watch Monday Night Raw in September. Been waiting a year and a half <laughs> for this. We had uh, tickets for May last year. Obviously the pandemic hit. They didn't come over to the UK. And now we're going to see it and it has been switched originally it was for Smackdown now it's for Raw so WWE if anyone who works there is listening make it good because that's three hours that I want to be entertained when I come to watch well it could be a completely different show because the draft will have happened by then so you don't even yeah, know who you're seeing no idea we've got, good, we've got fairly good seats um, as best I can tell we're near the kind of the crowd entrance Imagine where the shield would have entered yeah. from, um, about midway oh, okay. in the crowd. So we're not we're not on floor level, but they seem fairly decent uh, seats uh, on camera side as well. So oh, it's always good to sit on the camera side. Give a wave, yeah. See if anyone can see us. Might have to get a figure four shirt to rock and see if we can represent the yeah. <laughs> the brand. Do what those what some people do and just get a big sign of your face. Your dad can have a sign of my face and then you can have a sign of your face. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that is that's some other news I got this week. That was other exciting news we talked about at the beginning. But... God, imagine. Oh God, I'd be absolutely gutted if I had tickets for SmackDown 
and then it just got switched to Raw. Refund, refund. If it, if it was like next week, I'd be like, this is, like, is wow, Raw's so bad at the minute. But once the crowd's back, I'm expecting a bit of an upturn. And especially after the, I imagine the draft is going to try and like balance out some of the, the crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, certainly hope so, don't you? Um, I don't know if you've seen actually in the news this week, it looks like there's going to be a few NXT people called up. Potentially before the draft, actually. I think the most yeah. um, the most likely to go up at the minute is Bronson Reed. I'm not sure how much you've seen of him. Just lost his... Uh, North America... Yeah. I'd say former North America... He, he lost it on this week's NXT to Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen too much of Bronson Reed. What I've seen of him looks okay. Um, he's a big guy. He's athletic. Uh, and he's pretty entertaining in the ring. Uh, his mic skills perhaps aren't the best, but he looks like he's having a good time in the ring. I kind of like that. So I, I think yeah. potentially he could do well on the main roster, um, but I have that fear in my head of how have they messed up Keith Lee. And um, they're not identical in the ring, their styles, but they're, they're sort of a similar build of professional wrestler. And it does worry me a little bit that he's going to fall into the Keith Lee mold. Uh, again, I have heard uh, some some rumours about Keith Lee. Now, obviously, this isn't confirmed, so don't take this as complete truth. But the rumours are that Keith Lee being kept off TV is all to do with trademark issues around his name. Right. WWE want the trademark, but he's been using the name since before WWE, so apparently there's some thing going on with that. Again, it's not something... I can confirm I don't know Keith Lee and I don't know anyone at WWE so mm. I'm just seeing kind of some of the news that's been shared around yeah. the, the internet but if that is the case then that kind of explains that it wasn't so much that they've dropped the ball with Keith Lee creatively just there's some uh, some additional circumstances that's doing it can't right? they just trademark Keith Lee instead K-I-E-F <laughs> Keith Lee, <laughs> um, but I'm a big fan of Keith Lee. I, I, I um, got into him mainly started because of uh, Cultaholic Wrestling. They uh, they had a song, "Don't Don't Forget About Keith," I think, was, uh, <laughs> which was very entertaining. And when he made when he first debuted in like those edition, those uh, original first few months. Was very entertained, um, so hopefully he comes back. And uh, with Bronson Reed, I don't really know much about him. I've seen him a little bit. He was obviously good enough to be the North American champion. So presumably Triple H had some some faith in him. And although it rarely does, fingers crossed that can uh, translate to some uh, good booking on the main roster where, wherever he ends up. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking, you remember when a few years back we went to see uh, a What Culture show um, and it was headlined by Will Ospreay and Rey Mysterio, I was thinking, what's Keith Lee on that, on that card? Because I know that um, quite a lot of now WWE um, uh, superstars were on that card, so I'm just trying to search now to see if he was. 
Um, it was the World Cup, wasn't it? Uh, it was the yeah WCPW World Cup in Milton Keynes. Yeah, that was a good show. The show was actually on uh, YouTube. I think it still is. Yeah, I think this is the 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 card uh, which we saw. Primate defeated David Starr. I remember seeing Primate. Yeah. Martin Skull and War Machine yeah, defeated the Prestige. Yeah. Um, so I think this is it. Ricochet, which we did get to see, defeated Angelico. Yeah. Jay Lethal was there as well. I think. Uh, yeah, Jay, Jay Lethal versus Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. And Will Ospreay versus Rey Mysterio. So No Keith Lee. I don't see Keith Lee on here. And as I've said, I believe he's been using the, the name yeah. Keith Lee since the indie days. So um, fortunately, he wasn't someone we got to see. But we did get to see there a was lot some of talent on that card. Talented wrestlers. Ricochet, Will Ospreay, Rey Mysterio, Zack Sabre Jr. I remember being yeah. quite quite impressive with their athleticism. Um, Do you remember the ref, how they're dressed? And I said to you, it looks like that ref's uh, dressed like he's just worked at Halford and he's come from a shift. And then all of a sudden, there was a, a charm, like, the referees at Halford's or something like that. It was brilliant. That was a good show to go to. 2017, four years ago. Yeah. It is still listed on their uh, YouTube page for, for Defiant Wrestling. Obviously, WCPW changed their name, but that was a that was an entertaining show. If Raw can have even half, I think the uh, the energy that that show yeah. did, I think I'll be War War Machine are of course uh, the Viking Raiders, so they are also WWE uh, of superstars. I now. Forgot. Yes. So that was their name before they went to NXT. I forgot yeah, about that. So that, that's a ton of uh, WWE, AEW, and New Japan stars on that show. I remember seeing them actually wrestle and thinking, Jesus, they're good. They're good. They're big guys, but they are really athletic and uh, good in the room. That was my first quality. Uh, <laughs> Wrestling show, not in a working men's club. Not, not to knock, not to knock the working men's club. Sliced bread wrestling, um, they were very entertaining, but not quite on the same level. Yeah. When so. shows do restart <laughs> again, I'd love to go to some more indie wrestling and just seeing stuff because I think it would be a good laugh. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to, and uh, if we do, we'll have to discuss it here. But maybe we'll document it. Maybe we'll start our own promotion. Yeah. We we, we had some wrestling matches a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> some drunken some drunken friends. I, if that's anything to go by, I don't think we should be in charge of uh, of a wrestling. Yeah. Promotion. Less said about that the better. <laughs> how could how could we not mention yeah. we're a wrestling podcast? We've got to talk. You're about a good it. referee. I'm a terrible ref. I was to say I'm a terrible referee, but okay. Well, you counted three. And that's what you really need to do as a ref, so you did your job, yeah. well done. Got your paycheck. Is there anything else from the last week of wrestling that no. you want to talk about? I, I think that was a good good point it. to call it, to be honest. Good to, to end on that. Yeah, the, the energy from this episode has been a little, uh, little all over the place. Um, so I hope everyone enjoyed it. <laughs> 
Um, there's not really much more I, I can say. If you didn't, let us let us know, and we'll try and do some more a bit more serious stuff. If you did like it, we'll maybe we'll do some more jokey stuff in the future as well. But yeah, there we go. That's the podcast for this week, folks. That's, so that's uh, it. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. This was the twentieth episode. We How did we, we not didn't mention do anything special? Now. What the hell? <laughs> well, uh, how about this? 20 is uh, only kind of special. 25 is coming up. Let's do something big for 25. 21. Maybe. 21 you can drink. 21 you can drink. We'll do a drunk podcast next week. Fine. Let's do it. There you go. You've heard it here first. So thanks for listening this week and tune in next week for the drunk pod. Over to Damien for the socials. The Drunk Podcast. <laughs> As always, if you'd like to keep updated with content coming from us, you can check us out on Twitter at Figure4UK, on Facebook at The Figure Forecast, and onto our YouTube channel by searching The Figure Forecast. Thank you for listening this week, and I hope you tune in next week for our drunk episode, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>